0: Thanks for tuning in to the audio edition of our Sunday sermons. For more information about Cornerstone, visit cornerstonerome.com. So listen, I'm going to share a message today. We're going to conclude with a series we've been doing, um, in this series called Kingdoms at War. And we're talking the difference, the, the contrasting between God's kingdom and the kingdom of this world. And they are different, in case you haven't realized this. The more you study Christ, the more you follow Christ, the more you're going to realize the contrast between this world and Jesus and following Jesus and I mean following Jesus not following religion there's a difference in following religion and following Jesus there's a big difference in the two we say it around here if you go through um, any of our times together we talked about this last week and catch the vision that man listen in Philippians it says this I want to know him and the power of his res- resurrection it's not enough just to get fire insurance and go to heaven You understand what I mean by that right it's not enough just to get out of hell free card and and go to heaven It's it's truly a relationship with Christ is more than just getting to heaven. And and God wants that relationship with you. He's paid too great a price for us to just enjoy Sunday. He wants relationship with you, not through a preacher. He wants it with you, a real conversation with you in your car, maybe in your house, in your shower, wherever you're at. He just wants to speak. He wants to have a relationship with you. But in this world, they're going to fight you over it. They're going to fight you over it. So, Today I'm going to share with you a message that's t- titled this, basically how to steward your energy. I did a message called Stewarding Your Time. This is different. We're going to talk a little bit about Joseph today, one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible that I've read. But I want to play something for you. I'm going to kind of talk you through this. This is a little video that I got from when we were in, uh, in Israel. So my baby girl, my middle one, she, had a cha- she was in the championship basketball for her league. Now, we didn't plan this or we would not have been gone during this time. It just so happened. They didn't, let me just say this. Look, they didn't start out championship bracket material. Okay? You understand what I mean? It started out like, well, all right, this is more of a hey, good job. Go team. Let's I'll bring the Gatorade. I got to do something cuz it's you know, but as they went along, man, it was wild. They started really work, you know, team came together and they made it. We were there for the final. It was kind of weird, man. You know how you're cheering for your kid and your team and you know that if they win this game, they're going to go to the championship game, but you can't be there. So, like, I'm cheering, but in the back of my mind, I'm going, like, I really want them to win. But then I'm thinking, but, you know, if they lost, I wouldn't miss the other one. It was kind of a weird, you know, I'm fighting this in my head. I know they need to win. I know that. But you know what I mean, right? So while we were gone, Haley's mom, we asked her, so video, I should have called Joey, to go over there from our tech arts department and just video this game. I asked my mom-in-law, video the video the game for us. We want to see, you know, we want to see our baby playing. We want to cheer on over in Israel. So this is it. Let's play this. I'm going to talk you through as they're playing this. Yeah, here we go. And you can't see mine, but she's in yellow wearing 2-4. Not because of Kobe. She had it before them, but that's pretty cool. There she is right there. You see 2-4? She ain't doing nothing right now. They're trying to get rebound. Now, all of a sudden... Riff. I don't care about the riff. That's all we got. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> if I played it loud enough, you would have heard, get that ball! Get that ball! Ronnie's going, go after the ball! Go after the ball! I talked to a parent last night at a birthday party, and he was like, Jody, if you'd have been there, you'd meet both, man. we had been on the floor, man. It was like intense. It was double overtime. It was crazy. They lost that game by one foul shot, I think. Man, I was so like, what? And then I got that, and we were like, Nanny, what? What's going on? What happened? I say that because, you know, some things are just out of your control. You know what I mean? Some things are just out of your con- You have no control over it whatsoever. And I think all of us, if you, if you would agree with me, I think all of us have things in our life, Right? That's just out of your control. Like one minute, it's in the frame. The next minute, what you got is not what you expected, and it's out of your control. Like things in life. I mean, maybe if you're a student here, man, look, you get a bad semester, a tough class, out of your control. A teacher you don't connect with, out of your control. Doesn't mean they're bad. just means you just don't connect with them. It happens. You're working for a supervisor that's out of your control. They don't see your work, your effort, man. You applied for this job or a promotion or you set out and you got overlooked by somebody else that's not as qualified as you out of your control. All these things are just out of your control. Many times in life things happen. They're just outside of your ability to control them. And we'd love to play God and play the puppet strings and be, but I'm just telling you there's some things in life it's just out of your control. You cannot fix it. You cannot deal with it because it's not in your hands. And so here's the thing I want to lead into before we talk about Joseph. There are many things in life we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control what happens through us, okay? Now, I worked really hard on that, and that did not get the response I was looking for, so I'm going to say it again as if you heard it for the first time, and you're going to respond like a good church membership ought to, okay, this morning. So I said, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can control what happens through you, Oh man, wow, you guys are so engaged today, wow, that's so awesome, amazing, amazing. So as we talked today about Joseph, this is what happened in his life, he could not control what happened to him, but he could control what happened through him. If you've never read the story of Joseph, I'm not going to read all this because it's, it's, it's quite long, it's a lot of chapters, and it's a great story, but you've got to read his whole beginning, his life, the end, there's a lot of stuff going before and after, but I'm going to highlight just his, his attitude about how he dealt with life, okay. But Joseph was the kid, you've probably have not seen the movie, DreamWorks did a fantastic job, depending on, I know people say, well, Hollywood doesn't make great movies, whatever. DreamWorks did a very good job with Moses and with Joseph. It's animated, to me, that's the best ones of all that I've ever seen. They did a great job in history, accuracy, most of it's very, very good. I think they did a great job. If you've never seen it, it's a good movie, and it's called Joseph, King of Dreams, and it portrays it pretty well. But Joseph is the kid who was 17 years old, and his daddy loved him so much, he made him a a coat. We call it a coat, but really, it's more like a tunic. But it's a coat of many colors, beautiful colors. It was very. I mean, he had, man, a brother must have had sequins or something. I don't know. He was. He was. He was like really looking good. You know, when he walked in through the fields, the sun reflected off of his coat. People were probably like, man, what? Who is it? An angel? No, it's just Joseph again. He's walking through the fields. You know, his daddy loved him so much. And you know, in this life, you got to understand, his daddy had other sons. They were his sons. You know, different wife, but they were his sons. And what happened was he loved Joseph because it was from the wife that he really wanted to marry in the first place. You go back and read the backstory on that. You'll see what happened and all this and why. But there's something to be said here. It's not my message. Just hear me out. There's something to be said. If you're a parent, don't favor one kid. Lesson learned right here from daddy, right? Don't favor a kid over another. They know it. These brothers, it wasn't because he just had a coat of many colors. They knew that their daddy loved Joseph more than them. They knew it. And they, watch this, they hated not the dad. They hated Joseph. They hated him for it. If that wasn't bad enough, Joseph comes along one day and God begins to speak to him and starts getting visions and dreams and all these different things. And Joseph being the 17-year-old he is, forgive me if you're 17, but we've all been there, everybody, right? If you've been 17, you know what it's like, right? Some of us still acting like we're 17, but it's all right. You know what? When you start getting gray hair, it's time to get over that 17. You got to start thinking like an adult, right? But but when you're 17, there's some great things that you got to remember great qualities about Joseph. When you're young, man, there's a spirit of faith that's on you that you don't need to lose. You need to have that all throughout your life. And Joseph, though, God began to speak and he had these dreams. And Joseph, he didn't know how to really respond or how to explain this. So He just told his brothers in his shiny coat of many colors, listen, boys, I got something to tell you. God gave me a dream, and I had this dream. And in this dream, my wheat, you know, bell that I had done up real nice and pretty, we were standing tall, and all yours just bowed down before mine. And you don't need interpretation for that. His brothers, the Bible said, hated him even more. Who do you think you are? You're the youngest of us all. Are we really going to bow down to you? And they, the Bible says they enraged. They hated him so much got up from table, couldn't finish breakfast, left out the door, you know. Later on, Joseph, I guess didn't get any information from mom or dad or maybe, I don't know, he didn't understand, didn't, you know, some people can't, don't have any cues, social cues, you know what I'm saying? Joseph obviously didn't pick up on this. And so next, he has another dream. In this dream, he brings in mom and dad and brothers. It says, in this dream, I just had this dream. And in my dream, in this coat of many colors, you know, in my dream, The sun, the moon, and all the stars, they all fell before me. And so, Dad, now hold up a minute. Are you trying to tell me that me and your mama, your mama, your mama, boy, your mama, the one that gave birth to you, your ugly self when you came to this world, she gave birth, you dealt with your snotty nose, changed your diapers. Your mama's gonna bow before you too and your brothers. And Joseph, he just smiled like any 17-year-old would in a coat of many colors been loved by his daddy more than anybody else. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what's going to happen. The Bible says his brothers hated him so much so. So dad, not thinking about this whole backdrop. Now, there's much more to this story. I'm just giving you this part right here. Dad, not considering what was going on and what was taking place. Listen, here's what took place next. Some time went on, and his brothers were taking care of the sheep out in a field in a city called Shechem. Go back and read about what happened in Shechem a few chapters before what I'm going to give you today is not a good town for the, the family of, of Joseph. That's some pretty rough stuff that happened there. and But the Bible says this, that while they were taking care of the sheep in Shechem, Joseph's daddy, Jacob, said, Hey, why don't you go and check on your brothers? See how they're doing. Probably not the best idea. He saw how mad they were. But daddy, I guess, was kind of, you know, he treated his son with too much favor. He just... Maybe Joseph got his social cues from his daddy. I don't know, but he just didn't understand some stuff. He sends them to Shechem. Now, Shechem is about 50 miles away. So see, when you see the story, you watch the animation, it takes two minutes. He's over the field, and there you are, you know, and they're swimming in a pond. That's not, it's a quite a bit of journey. He gets there, and they've already moved to another place called Dothan. Not Alabama, but Dothan. It's over in Israel. There's a place there. So they go from there. He goes from there to find them. He's a long way from home a long way from home, a long way from daddy. And when they see him, all this time has gone on. Do you know how long it would take you to walk 50 miles? Listen, we walk from here to the car. Some of us are like, <laughs> you know, we walk over to Israel, man. You'll find out how much you walk. You know, you'll, you'll lose some pounds and everything over there. You walk all the time. But, you know, he walked for 50 miles, and he gets there, and the brothers have not allowed their anger. Subside. They are so fierce. They see him over a hill. How'd they see him? Because he was wearing what? Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, 50 miles. He's walking down the street with that thing. uh, You know, shining everywhere, sequined up. They see him from a distance and they plot to kill him. That's how mad they are at him. And the Bible says this about them. They threw him into a pit. And I'm condensing this for you. They sell him into slavery. Joseph is sold into slavery. A guy with a fancy coat loved by his daddy doesn't understand that. Now he's got to work with his hands, hard labor. He's sold into an Egyptian household by the name of a guy named Potiphar. He works for Potiphar. He serves Potiphar. And the thing about Potiphar is <clears throat> he is an individual that really is a pretty good guy. If you look at Potiphar, don't think all the Egyptians were bad people. Potiphar was a pretty good guy. He saw something in Joseph. and I'm going to read a little bit to you about this it says in Genesis 39, watch this. In Genesis 39, verse 1, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. I'm going to read this to you out of the New American Standard Bible, okay? And Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, so he's pretty high up on the, on the resume, okay? The captain of the bodyguard. In other words, he might have been his secret service detail supervisor. This guy was up in the league pretty high. It says he bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord, watch this, though. The Lord was with Joseph. He was with Joseph. So he became a successful man in slavery. Be careful that you don't overlook the story of the Bible, what's in there. God puts things in there for a reason. He became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. Let me say a couple of things real quick about this, and I'm going to give you some, some nuggets to take home. You may not be able to control what happens to you, but even in the midst of what you cannot control, don't ever forget that God is with you, even when you can't control it. No, I don't care what's going on in your life right now. God, you got to believe this, that God is still with you. He's with you. This young man was sold into slavery, and the Bible says that the Lord... Was with him. You know, most people go through difficult circumstances, their car breaks down, they think God's left them. This man's been given up by his family, his brothers hate him, sold into slavery, now in an Egyptian household. And the Bible says the Lord is with him so much so that the Egyptian actually notices there's something different about him. I wonder if sometimes how we react to circumstances does not affect other people's view of God because of how we react. Now let me just break it down for you a little bit. I got some experience in this area right about now. Okay? When people came and interviewed us, it's funny how people do this. People interview, call me on the phone, interview me from the paper and ask us about our house. What's going on in your house? What's happening with your house? How's things going there? Well, you know, and you know, I'm just giving the truth. It stinks, bro. Can't sell it, can't rent it, can't fix it. Gotta have local, city, county, state, and federal government all agree before insurance will pay out. It stinks. You know how hard it is, by the way? To get local, city, county, state, and federal to agree. Do you have any idea? It's exactly. It needs a move of God, exactly right. But I'll tell you this about our city and county. They've been great. I mean, they've been wonderful. And I'm not saying that just because they might hear this. They have been fantastic for us. <laughs> you got to be careful sometimes, right? But they have been. guy downtown is working his tail off for us. He's, he's pleaded our case more than anybody. They've been great. Our county manager, everybody's been great to us. But you know what's funny? It's funny how you can go through some of that and somebody reads that and not knowing your situation... Have some keyboard courage. Well, I'll tell you what I think about it. Be, 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 be. Ding! Are you so brave behind a keyboard? Can't say it in anybody's face, but you're so brave behind a keyboard. Because they have no idea what it's like to go through what you're going through. It's funny how, how you don't really take cancer serious until it knocks on your family's door. And then all of a sudden, you get real serious about it. See, I'm not talking about things you can fix. I'm not talking about, hey, man, you ran out of gas. you got a gas can. That, that's not. If that's all you've been through, I can't follow you. I mean, I'm sorry. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if all that's ever happened is you got onions on your hamburger and you didn't want them, I'm sorry. I can't follow you. I need somebody else. You know what I mean? I need to follow somebody that's been through enough stuff. That I know they're trusting God. They've been through it. Not because, you know, you, you didn't get the parking place in the front spot at Publix and that ruined your day. Oh, where was God? God wasn't with me today. Man, listen, I moved beyond parking places. I thank God I get to park in the back of the road and I can walk my hind parts all the way up through the door. Thank God I can walk, you know. When you get to that part, you'll be grateful for it. So the Bible, though, tells us this, that even though Joseph sold into slavery, God's with him. And I'm going to read you a scripture and think about this for a moment. And I'm not diminishing the blood when I say this. But if all you have as a Christian is the testimony of the blood of Jesus. Man, listen, anybody can have that testimony. But the Bible says in Revelation that they overcame them by the blood of the lamb. And, hold on, there's more to the story. The word of their Let's say it like you got one there. <laughs> testimony. Listen, you got to have a testimony. And if you never go through anything in life, like you know, if you just a cupcake and everything's just, if the glitter don't fall on your cupcake, just right, if you just, in your little life, it just if you've never been through anything, how can you ever have a testimony? I don't really want a testimony. I'm not asking for any more. I got enough for sermons for the rest of my life, I think. I don't need any more testimonies. But I'll tell you this much, is true. You learn stuff through a testimony that you won't learn when things are going good. You'll find out what you really believe when things get rough. The other thing about this I want to share, and I'm going to give you some ideas here. In the midst of this, the Bible says that God blessed Joseph. Now, I'm telling you, this you have to search for. But God does bless what you put your hand to. And just hang on a sec, because I know everybody's got their 10 promises for your blessed life and everything else. I get it. I'm not diminishing you being blessed, but I'm just pointing out something. To you. Sometimes when you're going through your stuff, the blessing don't always fall on you specifically. It might fall on the company you work for. And you can't be upset about that. Well, God, look what's happened to me. Where are you at? Where? No, God's with me even when, when I can't control. He's with me. He's with me. And sometimes maybe God blesses the person right beside me because of what I'm doing. I can't get jealous about that. Maybe my efforts, maybe my work, maybe what God blessed me with, I was able to help somebody in their situation. And, oh, man, look at them. I can't tell you how many people I've heard. And don't listen. I'm not picking when I say this. Just hear me out, okay? I can't tell you Helena, how, you know, how many stories you've heard of people getting cool houses, new furniture, awesome landscape. I mean, it's amazing. Kitchen remodels. It's cool. And we go like, yeah. That's awesome, and we really mean it. But you know how hard you gotta put down that part of you that goes like, "God, I mean, all we're looking for is get this done. We don't need a kitchen toaster." You know, you know how you have to push down when y'all look at me like maybe you've never had to deal with this before. But you know when somebody drives in a car and theirs is nicer than yours, and you're missing a hubcap, do you not have to push down the when they say, "Well, look what the Lord has done." Do you not have to say, well, man, you know, push it down and say, yes, amen, I'm proud, I'm excited for you. I was the pastor this week, and he's a good friend, great guy, great guy, great guy. Church, he took over church, I took over church about the same time. He took over church with about $8 million in debt, okay? I took over church, I think I had, I don't know, four hundred maybe in debt. I don't know, it wasn't that much, you know. God cut him a check for half of it to pay off the church then paid the whole church off. Like in a period of three to four years, paid the whole thing off. He's like, man, it's the best thing ever. I was like, how'd you do that? He goes, the Lord has been kind. I, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> i want to know how and what you did. Don't tell me the Lord is kind stuff because you can't, you know, isn't it true? You want to know how to, but sometimes the Lord's just kind. And you need to suppress that jealousy and envy and whatever else is in you that wants to rise up and say, you know what, I'm so so glad for you, my brother. I'm so glad that your church has no debt. So you can do the kingdom work. I'm so glad for you. Because if you get jealousy and all that going working up, it's going to stifle what God wants to do in your life. Be proud of people. So I said all that just to say this, and these are going to be kind of quick. A couple of thoughts about Joseph here in this story that I see, Okay. When you're going through stuff you can't control, a couple of thoughts. Number one, find the lesson that God's trying to teach you. I did not say God created the pit you're in. Listen, I didn't say God is the one that put you the slavery. I didn't say God's the one that sold you out. I didn't say God's the one that flooded your house. I don't believe all that stuff. Sometimes junk just happens. Do you know what I mean? Stuff just happens. We live in a jacked-up world that's all upside down, that people are so confused about things today. We don't know what's up and what's down, what's left and what's right. Compass directions are going to change before long. We don't know what's going on anymore. But I'm just telling you, you can't blame God for that. The Bible says this, that he, leaves people, he lets people go to their own devices. He lets people go over to the point of depravity. The Bible says he'll leave you to your own self. Take a cue from Proverbs. If you leave a child by themselves, the Bible says they'll bring a mother to shame. If you leave an individual, a human person by themselves long enough, it brings shame on even God. He looks down and sees his family, what's wrong? They don't want to follow me anymore. But you can't blame God for what's going on in your life. Let me read this to you, Genesis 40 and verse 7. Genesis 47 says this, look at what Joseph did afterwards. Why do you look so worried today? This is when he's in the jail. And he's asking these two guys, a butler and a baker and a candlestick maker. They had all these dreams, you know, and kind of thing. He's answering a lot of stuff. And he says, well, let me tell you my dreams. And he he said, all right, why do you look so worried today? And he asked them, they said, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams, Joseph said, is what? God's business. Watch how he responds to Pharaoh now. Pharaoh has been given these dreams about these seven cows that were all, you know, healthy and full and all this stuff and all of a sudden they said you know skinny cows come up behind him and all these dreams he doesn't know what it means These crazy stuff's happening his magicians can't tell him his friends can't tell him so he goes and here's about this guy named joseph from the, the guy that's his you know cupbearer. he goes and gets him brings him in and says to pharaoh so pharaoh sent to joseph at once genesis 41 verse 14 and he was quickly brought from the prison and after he shaved and he changed his clothes he went in and stood before pharaoh Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one can tell me what it means. But I've heard that, watch this, listen how he elevates Joseph. I've heard, though, that when you hear about a dream, that you can interpret, it is beyond my power to do this, said Joseph. Watch the pride with that fancy little coat, you know, before. And now he's got all this humility. And he says this, he says, no, 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 no. God can tell, don't, man, listen, you don't get anything else today, that right there will change your life. Because I don't know about you, maybe you're not like Joseph, but right here, spotlight on me. Ding, 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 ding. All over, man, I'm the 70-year-old guy in a fancy coat, man. That would be me years ago. Man, listen, you go through enough stuff, you realize, God, okay, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe, you know... I'd like to act like I do, and I feel like I do. And if you ask me, I probably will still tell you, yeah, I feel like I do. But, man, if that's what's kicking my rear right now, I'll put all that aside. Just to say, man, what elevate God. When when the boss comes in and says, oh, man, your project's so great. Your your ideas brought us, man, 5% increase in growth. Man, wow, our bottom line looks great because of you. Hold on, wait a minute. Boss, man, i got to tell you something. Listen, don't. it's God. How's it God? I prayed about it. I did work hard. You're right. My team worked hard. But listen, I, I want to give God the glory for this. Be careful that you don't take the glory for what God is putting in your hands. Because sometimes it's easy to do, isn't it? But learn the lesson. Don't keep spending energy on things like, why me? Why me? Why me? Maybe it's just, what's God trying to teach me? And I didn't say God created the pit. I didn't say he put you in slavery. I didn't say he did that stuff. I said, what can you learn through this? Think this. Think what is God trying to teach me, not why have you left me. God, what are you trying to teach me right now? Think what, not why. What, not why. Something else I want to share with you on this. Second thing. There may be some of you in the room that you don't relate to Joseph, but you relate to the brothers. I thought Gary, I thought I should just let him preach because burn the stinking ships down, baby. That's what I was like, wow, hey, man, that'll preach. That's, wow, yeah, burn the ships, yeah. But some of you in this room, you don't relate to Joseph. You relate to the brothers. And what I mean by that is you see them and you think a little bit about yourself. Maybe you hurt somebody. Maybe you offended somebody. Maybe you lied to somebody. You need to repent for the lie. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put it over your head. I'm trying to help you think about something for a minute. When people give you forgiveness, are we not supposed to take that, accept that, and move forward? When God gives you forgiveness, are you not supposed to accept that, receive that, and move forward? Yeah. You know why you're not answering loud is because we're not convinced of that. We've been conditioned to believe that when I make a mistake or when I fail or when I fall, I should pay for it for the rest of my life. And that might be the case. You may have consequences that do kick in in this world. That's true. I'm not going to overlook that. You understand? I mean, there are consequences in this world. But I'm telling you, if somebody says, I forgive you, you are supposed to take that forgiveness, receive that, and move forward. These guys could not do that. You can cry about it. You can can have regrets about it. You can wish it never happened. But I'm telling you, you're spending energy that God does not want you to spend. If that person has forgiven you, if God has forgiven you, you've got to put it aside. And if you can't, then repent if you need to, whatever. But let it go and move forward. Let me read this to you from Genesis 50 about these brothers. This is after the death of their father. They've been restored. They're in Egypt. Like I said, it's a long story. I don't have time to read all this. This is after their father had died. The brother's father died. Joseph had been restored to their family. They're living in Egypt. Everything's great. He's given them land and houses and all kind of stuff. They have loved each other. They hugged each other. And if you watch the movie, he cries and all his Egyptian makeup falls off his face. You know, it's, it's really a heartwarming thing. A lot of restoration, right? After his daddy dies, though, Genesis 15 verse 15 says, But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Joseph had already forgiven them had already restored them. Now they said, Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong that we did to him. So they sent this message to Joseph. By the way, his daddy didn't say this. Let me tell you something. When shame and guilt and condemnation has your life all wrapped up, you'll say some things that aren't even true to try to help make yourself feel better, to fix your situation in life. When it's got you, you'll say weird stuff, man. They made this, he never said this. No accounts, basically, if you can go back and look at some of the rabbis teaching, they, this is not, they do not believe that, that Jacob said this. They believe that the boys made this up because they were scared of Joseph. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of God, your, of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. And when Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Why did he break down and wept? It's possible that maybe their true repentance kicked in right then. Maybe that's what it was. But I gotta believe that he's looking at it going, guys. Why do you still feel this way? Have I not forgiven you? Did I not give you a place to live? Have I not fed your families? Why would you hold this over your head? I'm not holding it over your head. I've let it go. And he says, <clears throat> verse 19. But Joseph replied. They looked, I'm sorry, verse 18. They, then his brothers came in and threw themselves down before Joseph, and they said, look, we are your slaves. And they said, but Joseph said, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? Man, the humility here of Joseph. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Now, it's amazing when you can get, quit looking at your situation and think about what God wants to do through you for other people. It's amazing how you'll let go of everything else. Don't be afraid. I'll continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Listen to me this morning. I want to say this, in as much love, as much authority that I have as a pastor of this church, of, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, listen very closely to me. Accept forgiveness when it's given accept it please don't live your life trying to constantly make up for your mistakes i'm not saying you're not repentant i'm saying there's not consequences i'm not saying that you know you may have to deal with some things i'm saying though when i tell my kids i forgive you it's over and they start bringing it up to me the next day it gets on my nerves we're past that it's over like we try to get done within five minutes you know as long as that little there's no rebelliousness still there now listen now, if tomorrow we still acting the same old joker, no, no, we're not done. We're not, no, no, we're not gonna cook desserts and have little kumbaya moments from now. No, you're gonna have to change. You have to repent, change, get rid of that rebelliousness, right? But if it's over, then when it's over. I'm not gonna hold over my kids for 20 years. And I'm telling you, God loves every one of you in here enough to tell you this. When he forgave you, he expected you to receive that and move your life forward now here's the last thing i want to share I, I don't know if there's some of you in here that have ever had this happen but from time to time i run into one or two people in their lives that actually go through betrayal i don't know if it's probably maybe never happened to you it's very few people go through this it's very few people probably probably not anybody in here has ever had this happen but i'm gonna say it just in case it has you know no if you've ever been betrayed i should say this way if you've never been betrayed but i'm not going to do that cuz you don't want to go down that road you don't want to act like no i've never been betrayed don't raise your hand for that cuz knock 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 and on it's going to come i guarantee you don't raise your hand for that but everybody here probably has had some form of betrayal right raise your hand like if you agree say yeah i feel like i've had knock in the back whatever friend you know anything it doesn't matter what it is betrayal's betrayal regardless can I just encourage you this morning in this last thing? Is release betrayal. Release it. <clears throat> when you go through things in life, I don't think there's anybody that's going to deny Joseph was treated wrong. I mean, yeah, he was arrogant. Come on, he was arrogant. We've all met somebody like that. Look at me. Woohoo, I got my coat of colors. woo. I'm a man, like, you know, he probably could dance too and stuff like that. He was cool like that, you know? More followers than anybody else on social media, cool coat, dress nice, cool little beard. You know, he was fancy. But did he deserve to be sold into slavery? No. Did he deserve to be falsely accused by Potiphar's wife? It's in the story. No. But it happened to him. The thing about betrayal is this. Man, you got to learn to bless others even when you're in betrayal. Joseph learned this. I I got a feeling it had to be a lot of humble pie he was eating when he was in that pit. Man, I can't believe they'd do this to me. He probably came out like, what's wrong with you guys? Until he gets into full slavery, he doesn't understand what's happened. And then all of a sudden, he realizes, my life's changed. Changed everything about him. Betrayal has a way of making you kind of realize, man, I'm not immune people really don't like me sometimes (laughs) no matter how cool you're you may have the personality that like man i'm a likable guy why would you not like me that's the way i feel like why would you not like me like fun to be around i'm a great guy why would you not like me maybe that's how you feel there are some people wake up about it they don't like you they don't care about you they could care less if you died tomorrow they're not coming to your funeral they don't care There's people like that. But you and I have to learn how to overcome this. And at some point, all of us will be betrayed. And I think you almost need it in order to understand what it means to truly forgive. Just like if you won't receive forgiveness from other people, It will keep you in pain all of your life. If you will not give forgiveness to people, it will keep you in pain all of your life. I did not say you had to have coffee with him at Starbucks. I said forgive him. I didn't say you had to be best buddy. There's a misunderstanding about forgiveness. Too many people think forgiveness is like, oh, well, we've got to be buddies again. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we don't have to be buddies. Especially if you've done me wrong three, four, five times. No, no. I'll, I'll forgive you, and I'll release you. I pray God's mercy on you, but I don't have to be your friend. See, there's all this crazy Christianese mixed up with this Zen and New Age and bleh, mysticism stuff like, oh, we must love everybody, and that love means I must buy you coffee and be your best little buddy. Even though you hit me five times, smack me around, ran over me with your car, I still must love you. No, you don't have to love nothing. You run over me with a car, I'll run over you back, Jack. I ain't playing. I don't understand that stuff. I know Jesus said, I for, you wish you not do I for an I too. For, I get all that. But listen, don't mess with me like that. I, I'm not that sanctified. I hate to tell you. I'm not. Is anybody else in here that sanctified? Like, no, 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 I got my stuff. You run over me with a car, I'll be fine, Pastor. I'll love him in Jesus' name. No, you won't. Get in your car, start that baby up. You want to play? Okay, we'll play. That's real life. But Christian needs and Christian ideas and Christian philosophy says, love them anyway. Listen, I'll pray for my enemies, is what Jesus said. Pray for those who persecute you, but I'm not laying down for you to run over me again. That's stupidity. Jesus never said to be stupid. It's not in red. You find it, you tell me about it, okay? Let me wrap up with this, all right? You'll never truly know how to forgive until you've actually been betrayed. A couple of scripture for you. Watch this. Let me prove it to you. Colossians, New Testament, Colossians, right here. Colossians 3.13 says, make allowance for each other's faults. Now, this is talking to Christians. We ought to be able to forgive one another in here easily. Easily. <clears throat> make allowance for each other's faults. You know what allowance is, right? That's when you give it to your kids, you don't get it back. You make allowance. That means you're not getting anything in return. It's there. It's gone, right? You make allowance. Be prepared for it. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember this. The Lord Jesus Christ forgave you, so you must forgive others. I didn't say it was easy. I didn't say you might. Look, I get it. I'm just telling you this is what the Bible says. I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to help them right now. am trying to help you. In Ephesians, the other part of this says it this way. Ephesians 4.32, instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Watch this. Just as God through Christ Jesus has forgiven you. I'm telling you, when you start thinking about what he forgave you of, it makes it easy to forgive others of what they've done. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it is required of us. And I'm not saying it to make them feel better. I'm trying to help you right now. Please hear me. If you hold on to it, listen, it's just going to eat you up. It's going to eat you up. And it's not worth it. It's not worth all that pain. So release the betrayal this morning. Now listen, as we close out today, I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. And and I want to pray for you about this. Because I understand, look, I probably stirred up all kinds of emotions this morning. I understand. I probably stirred up some stuff, some pain. Maybe I stirred up some stuff you wanted to forget about. You don't want to think about it anymore. But listen, I'm not trying to, to stir up. I'm trying to heal. And if you're here and you say, hey, pastor, you have no idea what I went through. I don't. You're right. I may not be even able to relate to what your story is. But I've been through some stuff. I know what it's like to go through some betrayal. I know what it's like to people say something about you that's not true. Christians, I ain't talking about not, I'm talking about Christians. Paul said, I was betrayed by my brothers and my countrymen, Christian and non-Christian alike. Paul knew what it was like. I'm just saying to you this morning, release them. So I'm going to pray for you right now, okay? Just want you to close your eyes and bow your head just for a moment. I want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing a song, we're going to worship in a minute, and we're going to dismiss. But right now, I want you to let the Holy Spirit minister to your life. Listen, you're here, and you're struggling with a lesson right now. I didn't say God created it. I didn't say God put you in a pit. I didn't say God caused these things to happen. I'm just telling you there's a lesson that you can learn while you're in it. And if that's you right now, man, you say, hey, Pastor Jody, I'm trying to learn the lesson. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now as we pray. Maybe you're here, and you're in this room. You say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because... I have a hard time accepting forgiveness. I'm like Joseph's brothers. I know I did some people wrong. I did some stuff that I shouldn't have done, but I just can't let it go, Pastor Jody. I feel like I owe them. I feel like I I know they told me that I'm forgiven, and I know that I'm forgiven from God, but I just can't, I can't seem to let go of this guilt. It's just eating me up. I know I need to, but I don't know how. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit as we pray today. If you're here right now and you're saying, Hey, Pastor Jody, Pastor, Pastor, I wish I could tell you how they hurt me. Listen, you need to tell that to God. I'll be glad to listen to it, and so would any other of our elders. I'll be glad to help you. walk. I'll be glad to help you. But I'm telling you, sometimes the greatest healing takes place when we stop talking to everybody else and just turn to God and express our heart, God, they betrayed me. I feel like you left me. Where were you at in all this? God, you got to let all this out. Release it. But you're here and you feel like, Pastor, I, I just don't know how you expect me to forgive somebody that hurt me so bad. And I'm telling you, I may not even know how myself if I was in your shoes because maybe I've not experienced that. All I'm saying is I've heard other people's stories that have been through some of the worst things I've ever heard in my life, and they tell me they forgive and they release Not sit back and listen to it and think, I don't know how you could do that. But it's only by the grace of God that we can forgive others the way he's forgiven us. So I want to pray for you right now, just with eyes closed right now. You let the Holy Spirit lead you in this prayer, and I'm gonna pray for you, but you just let him just speak to you during this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now. And God, we just lift up to you right now. There's those in this room they need to learn something. They don't know why they're going through it, they can't figure out why. God, I pray that you'd help them to stop asking why and start looking at what is it you're trying to teach me, God. Didn't say you caused it, didn't say you were the author of it, Lord. But God, help us to learn what you're trying to teach us right now by your Spirit. Give them understanding and open their eyes, Lord. Maybe there's here today, there's those here, God, they, are, they just cannot receive forgiveness. They've been told 20 different times they're forgiven. They've been. They've been cried with, they've been hugged, they've been told, they've been released so many times, but they still carry this guilt over their life of something that that they did wrong. But Lord, everybody in this room, we heard last week from Pastor Steve, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all guilty without you, Lord. I pray today, Father, help them to release today. Help them to repent today. Help them to see, God, that, Lord, if they identify with the brothers of Joseph, how they have got to repent and let go of what it is they did. And, Lord, if there's those in here in this room, which I'm sure they are, God, they've been betrayed, they've been done wrong. God, they honored you through the whole thing, but, Lord, they've been completely misunderstood, misheard, lied about, talked about, completely done wrong it's the hardest thing to do to forgive somebody who's hurt you. But God, I pray that you help us understand we're never more Christ-like than when we forgive people who have hurt us. And I pray today that you would help us all release those that have betrayed us today and forevermore that we would never hold on to it again. Matter of fact, we'd get to the point where we pray for them even when they talk bad about us. God, we would pray for them. Even when they've used us, we would pray for them, pray for their blessings. And God, I pray today if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray today as we lead them in a prayer, they would come to you today. Just with your eyes closed, no one looking around, just right now for just a minute. You're here, and you don't know Christ Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If that's you, and you say, I don't know Jesus, but I need to whole church is going to pray but right now where you are i want you to pray this prayer with me out loud with the rest of this church say dear jesus i come to you today and i submit my life to you i ask you to forgive me of all my sin help me jesus to live for you and i make you the lord of my life in jesus name amen We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.